Good morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW, I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. That song is called Dear Friend. It's a new song from my friend John Blackstone. We were classmates 1982, class of 1982. Yes. And joining me is one of my dearest, oldest, you're not old, but Longest friends. Yes. Harrison Dwayne Smith, a.k.a. Dwayne Smith. Smith. Yes. JJ Flash. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be back. Yep. You were on the show, I want to say, three years ago. Four years ago? Three or four. It's been a while. Yeah. So we're going to go back because I I want to tell a story about my my dear friend, Dwayne Smith. Uh, When did we meet? We met back in 1900 and. 78, I believe. (laughs) Eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. And the beauty of that was we all came from different schools. It was a brand new uh, middle school Mm -hmm. and uh, North Shore Elementary. And you guys came from what schools? I came from Kenmore Junior High. And the other one was Leota? Yep. And I had moved from actually right up the road, uh, Newport Sunset um, Factoria. That's where I moved from. And uh, started all over in a new school but so did you and the blessing of it is that nobody had a click yet yep we were all kind of original what was he called authentic yeah we were all just trying to make friends so no one had the time or the energy to you know create a click or find a click or whatever we were just all everyone was new and we were just trying to find our way through those challenging times of being a, a teenager. <laughs> a teenager. Mm-hmm. And me, I, I tried to fit in. I tried to be all these, in all the groups that were at that point, which was just basically the really smart kids. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really was. That's where I was at, was with the smart kids. Because that's, I was shy back then. Oh my God, I know that's not right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> but you know what happened? I discovered boys. And you were my first boyfriend. That's right. <laughs> oh, 
god, then I wasn't shy anymore. And I and, yeah. and you were a cheerleader, remember? Yeah. yeah. So so my first group that I found, of course, was with athletics because I did a lot of athletics um, in in junior high and high school, and so that was one group I obviously identified with. Um, but still, being a person of color, being the only, I think I I, I think I was the only one in my class only black person in my class um, that brought its own challenges. And through the years, we became uh, good friends after our 30th. Yeah. We probably called each other once a week, every other week for a while to get us through some turbulent times. And uh, you shared with me mm-hmm. some of your struggles, and I, I had no idea. Yeah, it's interesting. You had asked me before the show starts, you said, well, are we good? How do you feel about Black Lives Matter? Um, and, and actually, I guess that's what actually has brought these issues to the forefront uh, is that, you know, Black Lives Matter kind of pushed these these subjects, sensitive subjects forward. So I guess I feel like now more people are aware of what I went through um, as a minority during those times in the 70s and 80s. Um, and I, I, in some ways, I find it interesting because you think, oh, Seattle, we're very liberal, very open-minded. But even back then, it wasn't very open-minded, uh, even it, it, as we would like to think within within that uh, part, this part of the country. And we've we've come a long ways. And what's inspiring and well, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, just gives me a sense of hope is that you know we are in the forefront that you know the the Seattle area that we're always looking ahead and we're future-minded um and there's it's definitely one of the better places to be in the country in my opinion and, and based on my experience of having worked and taught literally all over this country so you know we're 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 ahead of the curve on a lot of things, but we unfortunately we still have a ways to go. So what is it that you do? Well, now I'm the dean of the College of Fine Arts at the University of New Mexico. And you did like sports, yes. But in school, what did you really like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, eventually, you know, in high school, I did my first play. And fell in love with with acting. I, I I won't even say that. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. But of course, being a first generation to go to college, I didn't think that was going to be an option that I could make a living as an artist. And I was wrong. <laughs> so you know, and I took the route. I I was fortunate. I did a handful of of movies when I was in undergrad. Who would think in Bozeman, Montana, I'd do two motion pictures. Um, in Bozeman, Montana. And then I went on when I came back to graduate school to University of Washington. That was at the height of the film industry in the, the what, early 90s, mid 90s. And, you know, so I, I was able to do more film and also getting trade, trained as a classical actor at University of Washington and just fell in love, fell in love with the craft. But also that summer, I got a gig at Utah Shakespeare Festival and taught my first group of students, high school students. And that's when I had my aha moment of, hey, I really enjoyed doing this. So then I started thinking about being a, a professor. And then that led from one thing to another. And now I'm 
a dean out of college <laughs> with, with a real job like everybody else. And I decided, I think it was after the 30-year anniversary, reunion, I keep yeah. saying anniversary, reunion, to venture out to Nebraska, which is where you were living, uh, Lincoln University? Yeah, at Lincoln, I was at University of Nebraska, the flagship university there. And I was, in, uh, when, by the time you got there, I started as an assistant professor uh, for the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film. Um, then got tenure and promotion, became an associate professor, and that was my longest tenure. I spent 19 years there um, at that university, and then I became the associate director, and then interim director, and then eventually I became the full-time. They hired me as the full-time director for the school, but by that time, my son was getting ready to graduate, my youngest, and so I started looking west Towards you home. wanted to, yeah, <laughs> get closer, and you missed the mountains. Oh yeah, and I missed the mountains. But during that time, that was when things were just starting to pick up. Uh, my son's senior year—that was when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and my son came to me and he said, "Dad, you know, I've been thinking about this a long, hard time." Now remember, this is Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, that we I can visited. say, yeah, <laughs> yes. we can say predominantly white, all white, um, which which is kind of interesting because there was actually more students of color in his class that were ever in my class in, mm -hmm. in high school. Um, but so he came to me, he said he's going to take a knee. Uh, and I said, you know, I asked him if he thought about this because we knew there was going to be repercussions. He was being recruited as a division one athlete. Um, so we, you know, we weighed it all out and, and he took a knee and, and there were some repercussions of course, haters are going to hate. Right. So of course he got the, the e back, you know, the emails and stuff on social media and the threats, uh, but he stuck to it. Um, and I'm proud of him for that. You know, he stuck to what, what his, his beliefs were. And it's, it's nice bringing it back to black lives now, back then, People were saying, you know, you're not patriotic and you don't, you know, you're not supporting our our, our uh, military and all the stuff that one of our presidents kind of decided to run on that, you know, you're not being patriotic, which has absolutely nothing to do with it. Actually, it's, it contradicts what, especially with some of his friends that were in the military that graduated ahead of him were saying no, because they were hearing that people were were like burning the flag and all this other stuff that has kneeling has nothing to do with it. As a matter of fact, we've had my uncle served in the Korean War, the Vietnamese War. My father was in the Navy. We have a long history of black men serving their country and, and not to get too dark, but those same black men, including my, my former father-in-law, um, who was a migrant worker, a Mexican migrant worker went to Vietnam thinking that if he showed how much he loved his country and sacrificed his blood, sweat, and tears for his country, when he came back, his country would love him, only to find out that he was still no better off, um, was still you know, being called derogatory names as a Hispanic. All the black males who sacrificed their lives and fought in wars with, with inferior weapons, inferior tools, thought they would come back to their country and their country would love them only to find out that the country didn't love them anymore. That, especially in the South, some guys actually would fight in the wars, World War One, Vietnam War, come back and actually get lynched mm -hmm. after History. serving their country. History, um, yes. And that's what Black Lives Matter to me brings up that people don't want to talk about. 
that people have made sacrifices. We've all made sacrifices. Um, and now, you know, it's just come to the forefront. And that's, you know, unfortunately, it took, took the death of uh, George Floyd uh, to bring this to attention and all the other things. Um, but it's time, you know, our, 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 our country needs to be aware, made aware of the sacrifices that other people of color and not just, and again, not just African-Americans, but like I said, Hispanic, Asians, remember the, the encampments for that oh. they created for the Asians. So, so and that, like we were talking about history. We did not get the history on any of that. And that's, I'm learning about all of that right now because my grandparents' house was from Japanese who were sent away to a camp and never returned. Yeah, and we didn't know that until my grandpa passed away. It was untalked about. No one talked about that. So the real history of the Native Americans, uh, the, the the Black Americans, and um, the, the Japanese mm-hmm. here in Seattle, yeah, should be talked about. And it's we cool. were fortunate in fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, we had a teacher, Mrs. Namba, and she was one of those kids who lived in one of the camps. So we got a little taste of it. But of course, even then, she couldn't talk too much about it. And it wasn't in the books we were reading. No, it wasn't in the books we were were reading. Well, we're going to chat a little bit more after the break. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. We'll be right back. your spirits with me Dina Marie on Whidbey Island I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul retreats include a healing session for your body your mind and your spirit you receive a Reiki session plus a shocker reading experience a labyrinth in the woods take a walk on the beach and enjoy downtown Langley with me retreats are customized for you or a group of friends you can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today island time is waiting for you lift your spirits at Bayview Healing Suites on beautiful Whidbey Island. Bayview Healing Suites offers treatments in beauty, health, and wellness and is located at Bayview Corner, open seven days a week. Sonia Sushagani offers acupuncture and traditional Eastern herbal medicine that restores balance within your body, mind, and spirit. You can reach out to her to book your wellness and self-care session at goldenearthhealingarts.com. Take some time for yourself to relax at Bayview Healing Suites in Bayview Corner. Are you planning your next move? We know it can be stressful, but at a swift move, you can relax and leave the work to us. You can put your mind at ease that your personal items will be safe throughout the entire moving process. To get a free quote from licensed professionals so you can compare and save, call us at 425-309-0577. That's 425 425- Three zero nine zero five seven seven. So make your next move a swift one and give us a call. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, and join the Our Energy Matters online community today. You will experience classes and one-on-one conversations with me that will inspire you to live life to the fullest in these changing times. Learn more about yourself and how to expand your energy, plus have fun in the process. Every month, I will highlight one of our Our Energy Matters members as a guest on Lift Your Spirits Radio. For more information, visit me, Dina Marie, at dina-marie.com. 2021 is your year to shine. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie, and joining me is Harris Dwayne Smith, a.k.a. Dwayne Smith. And I just want to talk a little bit more about high school and how you felt, because I'll be honest, I uh, I never saw color. I, 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 I just saw people, and I felt them, and people know me that way. Like, I'll make friends with old people. Like, how do you know that person? I don't, but I can sense someone's energy, and you just have this beautiful, loving heart. And I have to say, too, when I went to Nebraska... And I saw you be the most amazing father raising, um, at that time it was Simeon Sterling. Mm -hmm. And then I got to go to the airport and meet your daughter with your grandbaby before you got to see <laughs> uh, see the, the baby. And it was like, I, I know all of your family. And you have three daughters and a son. And you are, are the most amazing, I have to say it because it's been a 40 plus year mm -hmm. relationship. And that's why I, I wanted to have, uh, John will be on later too, that song Dear Friend. Because... Mm -hmm. I think that relationships after this pandemic thing are essential and, and healthy mm -hmm. ones and lovely ones. And I just want to actually give a shout out to my parents for always kind of having an open mind about everybody and me mm -hmm. taking that on and just loving people for who they are. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that, Dwayne Smith? I think that's great. Um, and it's something we hadn't really pre-planned, but you, you brought up John, talked about John. Um, and, and eventually talking about the challenges you went through that we were all, you know, during that time, um, during junior high and high school in the late seventies, early eighties, that we were all dealing with stuff, but mine happened to be all with the color of my skin. So, and it, you know, it, it reached every aspect of my life, athletics. Um, I remember getting kicked out of a couple of, uh, different sporting events as a, a baseball game and and it's it's at that weird time was it really something I said or was it because of the color of my skin so you never know um so there's always that uncertainty of how people were treating you was mm -hmm. there all was there an ulterior motive um so it always kept me I was always thinking always having to be calculating of decisions that I made even drug use I don't think we've talked about this so one of the main reasons I never did drugs in middle school or high school it was because I was already people already wanted to stereotype me um, and so I felt like well if I do this if I start doing drugs that'll just fall into the stereotype of what they think about black people so in that way it worked for me <laughs> I was like well, there's no way I'm going to, you know, smoke pot or do anything else because that's exactly what people want me to do. So they can say, oh, well, you know how they, those people mm -hmm. are. Um, so in some ways it worked to my advantage. Uh, so it, it helped me with, with my, my life choices and just moving forward uh, where I'm at now as, as, a, as an educator and, and now as an administrator that I know I'm being watched um, and I have to be careful with the choices I make, but also just because of where I'm at with my personal beliefs and my personal faith, just to keep life simple anyways, and to love God and love people and keep it simple in the golden rule, this, uh, you know, treat people how you would like to be treated. And we just talked about that at lunch with your lovely wife, your yes. new lovely wife. Yes. <laughs> oh God, we have been talking for at least almost nine years for sure yeah a, a lot and you've got me through some rough times i've helped you through some rough times yes, we know have. each other's children we've done things together with our kids it has been um a lovely lovely relationship and mm -hmm. i just am so thrilled that i 
he used to come to Kamein all the time and <laughs> your family came, stayed at my house yeah. and we did all that. And now you're married. I'm laughing. Yeah. Remember we stayed at your place at Kameno with like seven of us crammed into this little space, this little one bedroom apartment. Uh, but it was nice. It was fun. That's... And you lost your shoes because the dog stole them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sonic the dog. But you were staying and then we went to the cabin and you stayed there and your ki- your kids came out again. Uh, it's it, it just, you know, I, I have to say, if you have any um, thoughts about reaching out to someone, that's what I did this whole year. I called it the art of visiting mm-hmm. and I just reached out to you and for some reason went to Nebraska and we have been hanging out ever since and the support system, I, I just, it's been a lovely, lovely ride and you're here on Woodby Island mm-hmm. and we're looking for whales yeah. <laughs> and we're going to do a shocker eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. And I've done that in my life. There's people that I haven't had, haven't heard from in my past and something tells you. And Facebook is great, right? So, you know, you find that one person or you, you remember someone, you're like, man, I, I wonder how they're doing. You know, and this sometimes it can make a big difference. So, you know, I, I had the opportunity to meet with, I, I say, my people um, that I was close to, uh, that I grew up with. So yesterday before the show, I mm-hmm. got to meet with those people that the other folks that we knew from middle school and high school. Um, and it recharges your batteries, you know, it, it, and it, it helps remind you of where you came from. You know, uh, some of these folks I knew since kindergarten. Right. So to to see those people that have, we've known each other since we were missing our teeth. And you so know. I, I'm going to say it was probably, you know, three years after my divorce. And I'm not I'm just not I don't I don't do well with men. <laughs> you know, I just the dating thing doesn't work for me. And I called you one night. And I said, Dwayne, what's wrong with me? And you know what you said? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with yeah. you. And you just gave me the, the most, you just took me right out of the gutter and you lifted me up. And I, you know, that tag team of like, you're down, I'm down. And just having that person that you can call who will lift your spirits. Mm-hmm. I love that because you, you've known me for a long time. And not that yeah. there's nothing wrong with me, but you get down on yourself. Yeah. And then you need to have somebody help you up, right? And that's what you've done for me. Well, and that's what, you know, true friendship is all about. Because um, we go, go through these different seasons in our lives where... We need someone. You can't do it on your own. You need someone to be there um, to support you and be your network and get rid of that negative self-talk. You know, they say that I think like 75 percent of our self-talk is negative Mm -hmm. uh, because we're always criticizing ourselves. So you need those people in your lives, in your life that um, that know who you are and know your history to remind you of. Sometimes we forget who we are, and we need someone in our lives to remind us of that. And and to go deeper too. All everyone that I've reunited with has told me what they were going through then. So I might have taken mm-hmm. something personally, or it was a rough time. Maybe their parents were getting divorced. Whatever was happening as adults, and just going back a little bit and mm-hmm. understanding the, the person. And now mm-hmm. we're we're even closer. Not just you, but Martha and Jill. And mm-hmm. because gosh, it's it's a. It's been a really lovely thing. I, I didn't really like high school. I didn't fit in. I didn't have a group that was mine. I tried to float from group to group, and eventually I just ended up working part-time and then going to school part-time the last senior year. But um, I do love Facebook. I love reaching out to people. And like John. John John's been on the show. You've been on the show. And John went through a, a depression, and that's what his show was about, a, a major depression. He's out of it now, making some beautiful music. But again, you and I had some 
dark times mm -hmm. and those conversations, the art of visiting. Yeah. Was, is, is well, now more than ever, it's essential. Yeah. It's yeah. priceless. So, yay. Yeah. Yeah, the heal, the healing, the healing that takes place when you're with people who know who you are, and support who you are, no matter where you're at in your life, cannot be underestimated. So the times when I get to come home like this and see my people, uh, it just means so much. If you talk to my wife, all more. So we met with them last night, um, and still this morning, I'm like, oh so great it's so nice i mean it's it's going to charge me for the next year that i got to see all all of my people you know and and talk with them and spend time and and hug them and um this have feel that energy um that positive energy uh, you just can't underestimate what it does for the the human spirit and i just remember uh, i i reached out to darren leggett and then I brought you two together, and I had no idea you guys had known each other. Yeah. And you had had a, a moments in your life where, where Darren really was touched by you mm -hmm. being his friend, and mm -hmm. no idea. So being an adult, art of visiting, and 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 we do spend time together. Mm -hmm. We actually we haven't seen each other for over a year, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, here you are. Yeah. Life is good. Yeah. It is. <laughs> uh, so uh, you will um, will be visiting with your kids soon or you already did that? Yeah, no, I've already done it. I've, I've seen all my, well, the ones that are here. Um, so I've visited with them and then hopefully as this, the vid gets better, I'll be able to see the rest of my, my kids around the country because we're spread out. One's in DC, one's in New York, one's in Spokane and one is here. Um, but I got to see my grand, one of my granddaughters was here. So that was nice. And your parents. And of course my parents and my older brothers and sisters. And two thumbs up to your parents who were there for you. Oh yeah, my parents were great. Speaking of which, uh, Darren uh, Leggett was a big fan of my dad's. Whenever I see Darren, he's like, "How's your parents?" And I, you know, my my dad was a coach. He coached us in sports. So you know, Darren, whenever I see him, he's like, "Oh, how's your dad doing?" You know, it was so great. He was so great to me, and so it, he had a, a major impact on quite a few of my friends. That's a man that's going to be missed by the community. Um, you know, whenever he's passes on, but he, he impacted a lot of folks' lives. And so I'm going to end your, our segment with, uh, the song, dear friend, we'll play at the end, but, uh, that song made me cry at the beach the other day. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, I could have not taken that trip to Nebraska, but I did. Mm -hmm. And I felt like spirit told me to, and I just feel really close to your, your family and now your new, new lovely wife. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being in my life, Dwayne Smith. Harris Dwayne Smith. <laughs> Thank you, Dina Marie. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Mark your calendars for the 2021 Virtual Northwest Green Home Tour. This virtual tour is a free educational interactive online event showcasing sustainable green homes, remodels, and energy retrofits throughout the Pacific Northwest. The show runs for three consecutive Saturdays, May 1st, 8th, and the 15th. 
The Northwest Green Home Tour provides an opportunity for members of the community to learn about sustainable building practices from the people and businesses that support it, including builders, contractors, suppliers, and green homeowners. It also serves as a way for building professionals to engage with the general public. Join them online to see amazing projects such as backyard cottages, whole house remodels, rain gardens, and learn about successful green building implementation on May 1st, 8th, and the 15th. Experience the 2021 projects by registering at nwgreenhometour.org. That's nwgreenhometour.org to custom design your tour today. In these changing times, it's the perfect opportunity to learn new techniques that can bring calm back into your being. If you are ready to love living life, read Marla Williams' new book, The Being Zone. It will become your guidebook for creating the life you always dreamed of. Learn more about her book and online training program at TheBeingZone.com. I invite you to tune into Lift Your Spirits Radio on the first Friday of the month for Love Living Life with Marla Williams. Call in for free coaching advice that is guaranteed to lift your spirit. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie, and that song is Dear Friend. And joining us is John Blackstone. Welcome. Hi there. This is your second time on the show. I know. It's been a long time since the first one. I can't even remember. And uh, Dwayne and I, he was coming into town, so I decided to have him on probably a month ago. And then I came across your song. Yeah. It was and, a, it gave us a good excuse to reconnect. And the song is just so lovely. And this whole pandemic thing, I, I really have a dear friend. That means a lot to me right now. Yeah, yeah. Reconnecting with people and really uh, thriving. I know you have your new album called Survive. Yes. So, so let's talk about uh, the, the song Dear Friend. All right. Um, I was... Um, I wrote that song, I guess it's been about four months ago now, and I was, <laughs> I was actually sort of feeling pretty low in sort of in despair, just because there's things in my, uh, things in my life that are just not going the way I want them to go. And they're pretty serious involving my marriage. Um, I've been separated from my wife for almost five years now, and I've been hoping for reconciliation. And it just doesn't appear to be moving in that direction. And um, so anyway, I was at work and just feeling despair about that. And 
but I was reflecting on, I basically started, I started, I pulled out a pad of paper and I was, I was actually, it's, you're speaking of the pandemic, but at work, my job was sitting at the front of the store. I won't say what store, but I was sitting at the front of the store and basically counting the number of people that were coming into the store. And so I'd have people would come to the front and I'd say, okay, can you just wait for a moment? I have to wait till a few people leave and then you can come in. And it wasn't very fun to be in that position. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, to counter the feeling of despair that I was going through, I, start, I started writing a list of blessings, counting, you know, counting my blessings. And one of the things that, that, hit me was the fact that I have a handful of really dear friends in my life that have stood by me in the midst of the, the trials and tribulation and the suffering that I've been through. And I was basically just sort of thinking, man, that is such a huge blessing to have people in my life like that. And in that phrase, dear friend, just came to my mind. And along with that phrase was that melody, you know, oh, dear friend, that just, it just hit, came just out of the blue, that phrase, that melody and everything. And I wrote it down and after work that day, I went home, I picked up my guitar and the song literally just came out just came out all at once and that's not normal normally when i write songs there's quite a bit of craft involved in it that this was one of those odd rare cases where a song just comes just plops right out <laughs> so i knew it was something special and um i uh so as i was writing the words though it became sort of a it had sort of a dual meaning the song is about my friends that have stood by me in my worst darkest times but it's also a song about jesus it's a song about my what a friend he has been to me and how he has been the one who has given the gift of those friends to me does that make sense? It's kind of like a dual. <laughs> well, that's what I thought when I first heard it, uh, because I know you. Yes. And so, and and we, uh, I'll I'll share with you real quick because my son was really in trouble in August, deep deep trouble, not yeah. wanting to be here with this pandemic locked up, and he was in deep trouble. And we, I had him come over here, and I do this thing where you count five blessings in the morning, and you set your intentions for the day, which to me is your prayers. So you're, yeah, yeah starting your day on looking at what you're you have your cup full and then asking you, whoever you believe in to right. help to get through the day and right. my son is thriving he was on my show just a little bit ago he's thriving because I, I say he changed his tune but he got out of the darkness by by looking up so it's it's been it's been amazing really and I just your song because Dwayne has been with me through dark times. I got divorced. It was horrible. He was divorced at the same time at our 30 year reunion. We had talked on the phone probably every week for years. 
and now he just got married. He's remarried, and I got to meet his wife, Melanie. Uh, this, and it's just like so amazing. But he is a very spiritual man, and he, he? yes, yeah. so he basically he lifts my spirits. I lift his, and that's why I just said that song was so perfect because I wanted to have someone on the show who would even know Dwayne, and you do, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Went to high school with him, and you're both artists. And he played sports because he thought that's the way to get through school to get scholarships and stuff. Right. He's an actor, and now he's a dean. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was the Johnny Carson School of Acting that that I went to visit him in Nebraska uh, ten years ago, um, and met his family and his kids. And he was that's wow. when he was struggling, really struggling. And but it's just like your song came up exactly the time I needed it, and I was listening to it on the beach. So when I, you know, wow. that's my belief system is just, you know, getting someplace where I can just appreciate nature and look up and, and, and I do pray, you know, I pray a lot. Yeah. 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 Not just this year, my whole life. And that's kind of what I teach. So thank you for, for that song. Well, I, I honestly, I, I don't want this to sound um, pretentious in any way, but I really feel like that song was gifted to me and and I am putting it out into the world because I feel like I'm supposed to pass it on as a gift. And I love that you're humble. It is a gift. It was given to you to share. And that's what I really kind of want to talk about music. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am passionate about promoting local, um, original music. Most of the time I work with kids or adults, they're depressed about something and they get back into art music or they volunteer or something to, to keep you, you passionate about what you came here to do. We all have jobs. I worked at a grocery store. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was, hum actually I loved it. Cause I was so lonely at the time. I was like blessed to be out, you know, and with, out. with people and yeah. Yeah. And so I just give that prescription to pick up your instrument again, go back to do the things you used to like art or music. And yeah. uh, that to me that people lift their spirits. So over the years I've been doing this for gosh, 20 years, those people have albums and, and they play, they play a lot of music. I just had a young lady who was on the voice, but I, I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about where music's gone and, and your, your, your take on that. Yes. <laughs> I have pretty strong feelings about that. I, I'm sure you saw my commentary about the Grammys, or did you? Yes, I did. You did. Yeah, I, I, I am really, quite honestly, I am really, I'm, I'm disgusted, and I'm profoundly disappointed in what has happened to not only popular music but but pop culture and really being driven by by hollywood the the things that i saw happening on the grammy awards um i saw it as a celebration of so many things that that are the antithesis of what i believe in not only just morally, there were so many things to me that were just grote morally grotesque happening on that show. And so it was offensive to me, not only on that level, but to me, what is being 
sold and and produced as popular music now is so it's so hollow and so shallow and i i sense a real darkness a spirit of darkness in in what's being produced people are not communicating messages of hope or or joy or peace or beauty it's all it's all the things that i see in these artists now and I hesitate to even call them artists. I just see it. It's all like smoke and mirrors. It's all hype. And, and it's all, it's all about celebrity. It's all about image. It's all about, um, it's just, it's, it's fake. It's fake. It's not, it's not real. And it is unattainable. And this is what our kids get to see. It's unattainable. So you get a kid with an acoustic guitar in a group of people and plays his original music and gets that, you know, we all listen to it and tells his story. But yeah, I, I, and you know, I was there in a, you know, in a studio with all it takes to produce an album and the overproduction, the overproducing to eventually you can't even play the song live. So I kind of feel like, and it just popped up maybe six months ago that, you know, when the record labels got in there, like say eight, eight, late eighties, nineties, you yep. got studios and you overproduced an album then yes. the kids were going out on the road and there was no way they could play the song so they did 40 minute sets and everyone was so drunk that nobody even cared if they yep. played songs yeah so going back to what you're doing like an acoustic album or something really just one person maybe even plays and sings and tells stories because that is something it's attainable for kids they don't have to say because uh, it's, it's not real you can't play those songs they're not real yeah it's yeah it's um something happened to music um in the to me the the golden period of when music was was really when popular music was actually art was it basically the early days of popular music like the starting back with people like frank sinatra and then moving through the period with the early rock and roll and the Everly Brothers and Buddy Holly and people like that. And then the Beatles. And then through the 70s with artists like Elton John and David Bowie and Pink Floyd. And those people were producing art. That was actually legitimate art that will still be listened to and respected 500 years from now, easily but but something happened something shifted in popular music uh beginning in the late 70s and really came to full force in the 80s where music called greed and money it's what it was yeah and it, it was really it really was caused by um as soon as millionaires realized as soon as music there was a few records that really became explosively successful, like Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, um, Peter Frampton's live album. When those albums became massive global sellers, all of a sudden the music industry was bought out by people who are no longer interested in artistry or anything but money. That's all they're interested in is money. And that's when the music industry shifted from an art-based 
community to a money-based community. And, and since the 80s, it's just gone in steadily downhill. And now music, the modern music that you hear, it's literally not even human. It's not even produced by human beings anymore. It's literally assembled on a computer. And, and oftentimes the only thing left is the he is the voice the human voice that's oftentimes the only actual human element that's left in the recording and even that is manipulated and fine-tuned to where it doesn't even resemble it's not even it's not even real anymore it's totally all of it is totally fabricated and fake and so to me it's just it's awful it's awful what's happened to music and but for me, it's this is my my purpose and passion is to get back to the small venues where it's all ages, have people play their original music and people buy it, you know, and, and I have um, blackballed. I, I do not have a television. I don't watch that stuff. I have not. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. I have not watched that stuff for over 15 years because I knew a long time ago I could see where it was headed. You know, the best movies weren't winning. The best songs weren't. I want to say it started nope. with. Metallica and Aerosmith and, and uh, MTV when all of a sudden their songs were just everywhere right and yep yep other small bands that were much better and I'm not I like Metallica okay I, yeah 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 saying, you could see something wasn't right and it's a, I used to be a boxer so boxing is fixed there's, there's so many things that are fixed so we didn't yep. need to go back to going to a high school and doing the drama and going in uh, watching their shows or going down the road and having an outdoor festival with kids and all ages. That's yeah. my thing. And I've been doing that for gosh, almost 16, 17 years. So, right. and then I like, I would love to get you, I book bands and I'd love to have you up there and play your song. It's just, it's so, it's just a lovely, lovely song. Well, I'm so glad you like it. It means a lot to me. I, and I appreciate that. And I actually am, have a new band um, I've, I've put a new band together and our, the first thing we're, we're basically just waiting for a venue to open, to play. Cause we're, we're, we're ready to play. Yeah. So. And what's the name of the album? Okay. The album is called survive. And, survive. and it's going to be released on April 9th. And that song, of course, is the is on the album. And there's uh, the, the whole album is really about <laughs> honestly it's it's the whole album is about the past 14 years of my life it's it's been going through seven years of depression losing my marriage um and and how god even when i thought i thought i basically thought my life was over and i thought i had been abandoned by god and it turned out to be the exact opposite of that. God was walking with me through the entire thing. And what I've discovered is that through the suffering that I've been through, he has used that to deepen my faith and my relationship with him. And my, as a result of the things I've been through over the last 14 years, I, my faith is deeper and my love for God and my relationship with God is deeper and more profound than it's ever been in my entire life. And I can't, so anyway, going back to the album, the album is all about that experience. 
there's a song on the album called Survive. And it's just about, you'd love it. You would love this song. I'm gonna love it. But you know what it is too? I have people that have writer's block. And I said, maybe you haven't lived through something yet that's really worth writing, writing about. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened to the records. You had a contract and you had to regurgitate songs. First of all, it was a perfect song. It was your songs. Then you had to just come up with songs. Like, you know, people have to write books after book after book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first Pearl Jam, that was a really good album because that was them. Yep, you know? that, that was purely them. Yep, you had to start writing because you were under contract. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here you are, and you have lived it. And I have some writers, again, they're coming up with some, some amazing stuff because of this time, you know? Yes, we yes. Stopped, we got off the treadmill. We saw things weren't working. We were over busy, over committed, doing things we didn't want to do. Yeah. So I think in this this year, uh, because I was in a bad place a year ago, super bad, and I end up here on Woodby, and then this all happened. But I, I think this is the, the year that has made me the strongest and my family, you know, me and my kids, me and my children are super close and have, they're all adults too. So we made it to a yeah. point now we're stronger than ever. And so, yeah, now I have some things to write. <laughs> I, I, and I hope that you, I hope that you are doing that. I hope you are writing. I have a few, my, the song I'm coming is smiling inside. It's, it's, it's just, that's one of them smiling inside. Oh, this, the title, that's the title. Yeah. I like that title. That's cool. It came to me the same way. Like, cause you know, when you're just in that space of awe or, or joy, or you know what I'm talking about? When you're in touch with that part of yourself, that's bigger than you. You're yeah, smart, absolutely. Then, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm still in the midst of, I'm still in the midst of my trials. I, I keep that, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that, that keeps waiting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in the depths of depression, which I was, I was suffering very severe depression for years. I mean, so bad that I went through shock therapy. I went through every medication you can imagine. Um, and I'm not there anymore. And I'm so thankful for that. I've been out of there for almost six years and I don't, I'm not suffering from any kind of depression at all, but my, I haven't broken through in these issues that are very important to me with my marriage and, and, but I have a, a hope that gives me I, I have a hope and a faith that gives me a joy and my joy sort of transcends my circumstances it's just like a a still a river that flows deep and still in my soul I so I can't say that I'm I've broken through to the other side and I'm ever all the dots have connected I'm not there um there things are still it never, it never connects like that but you do have hope and you're moving forward. And I think you came here to play music. And so we're going to listen to you play some songs. And so that's that's pretty exciting. I mean, yes, what you came here to do, I think, is to express yourself and, and play music. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So what's your website? It's www.johnblackstone.com. And all, all you need to know is that it's my name is J-O-N. J-O-N Blackstone. 
Com. And we're going to end the show in its entirety, the whole, the, the show with your song, the whole song, so people can listen to it. And uh, I want them to uh, listen to the words and think about some people that in your life, they're just lovely. And I, I want to thank Dwayne for coming out and visiting me and for you to get back to me as soon as you did so that you could be on the show. Happy to do it. Awesome. All right. Join us next week for more people, places, and activities that will lift your spirits. Don't let me